You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Pass rush coming, and Jones is able to get away. And now thinking first down, and Daniel Jones will get it. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hello, Grump. We are in week 97 of our quarantine, but there is good news here in New York City. We have entered phase two. We're allowed to get out more. We can. I finally got my first haircut and shave in three months. Starting to feel like normal. Now, if we can only have football come back, it'll make it complete. Wait, wait, do you go to a barber to get shaved? Well, you don't shave for three and a half months, you do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I, I don't have hedge clippers or a weed whacker here in the house. It's, so uh, It's not a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, well, we, we were all deprived of your, your quarantine beard. I don't think any of us saw it. Yeah, it's probably for the best, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you get one of those hot shaves and, you know, if you don't – getting over the fear of being whacked, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty comforting and pretty nice. Um. You know, New Jersey is opened up a little bit too. I think today is when uh, barber shops and things of that nature opened here. I think tattoo shops as well. Um, oh, thank God! Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, well, I will. I'll thank God. This um, some breweries in this area have opened up their beer gardens over the weekend, which was very welcome. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed enjoyed some outdoor beers uh, six feet away from other people. Um, and it was strange uh, having a social interaction. We, uh, me and the girlfriend were walking back to our table with beers in hand, and somebody was just asking us random questions about where we're from and, and what kind of beer we like and other breweries we like, and I had forgotten how to socialize with a stranger. I was just like, <laughs> like lead in my mouth or something like that. I think the most shocking thing out of that whole statement was the, uh, sorry, ladies, the grump is taken. Oh yeah, he has a girlfriend, so you know. <laughs> Bummer. And unfortunately for everybody else, I am married, so you guys are all SOL. Yeah, this, so. The shit out of luck podcast is what it should be. <laughs> um, you know, and as things in this area are are sort of looking on the bright side, it's not so for the rest of the country. I mean, at least as far as I can hear from up here, it certainly looks like. Um, numbers are, are growing at incredible rates in the southeast and southwest of the country. Yeah, and it's not something you can say, well, it doesn't affect us because the NFL is a national league. And, you know, if one part of the country that is impacted, you know, A, by if players, you know, support staff, coaches, you know, team personnel get infected or, you know, uh, training camps around the country are infected. And, you know, football is not like baseball where you go down to Florida, Arizona, everybody's everywhere. And if one of those places becomes a hotspot and several cases break out, you know, you can't just say, well, that one league isn't play That one team isn't playing. We're just going to keep going with 31. That's not the way it works. So, yeah, no. And, and, and the NFL has been pretty outspoken that things aren't going to start until all, all states have protocol that allow them to start uh, from an employee-employer standpoint. 
uh, and things like that. So everybody's going to be on an even playing field regardless of how good or bad each spot in the country is. It's a national concern. It's a national league. And um, everybody's kind of in it together. Um, I, I think one of the coaches for Tampa Bay was diagnosed. It, it seems like every day there's somebody new. Um, yeah, yeah. My old uh, stomping grounds, Tampa Bay, has had some problems. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning had a uh, bunch of cases, so they had to shut down their training camp. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's one of the hot spots in this country right now, and you know, it's 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 a major problem. You know, and I think kind of related to that, you know, the only real giant news we have this week is that some of you who listen, uh, like myself, are giant season ticket holders, and we got. An update today from the Giants about our season tickets. Um, the two major points were they have pushed back the deadline for payment to August 14th. It was June 30th, so they have pushed it back a good six weeks. Um, you can pay all in full in, on August 14th or the four-month payment program, August, September, October 14th, November 13th. Or something I think this is really interesting is that if you elect – not to buy season tickets this year for whatever reason, you know, you're sick. You are skittish. If we do get back to MetLife stadium for whatever reason, they are allowing you a one year um, pass for not having to buy your season tickets and you will not have your PSL invoked. You will not be in violation of your contract. You will not lose your seats. So I really think that, you know, Everything that's going on with these uptick in, in cases, while we're not quite at the you know, scary levels we were in New York City at any point, but I definitely think the league is looking at this and the Giants are being very proactive, A, not taking anybody's money, and B, thinking of the, uh, the worst-case scenarios for the, for the season. So, so normally, if you didn't purchase your tickets, you'd be in violation and have your seats removed from you, right? That's correct. And you do not get your money back for your PSL. I mean, that money's gone. So they're basically, you know, you have the right to buy tickets, but if you don't want to exercise that right, you forfeit everything. Mm-hmm. Right, so. exactly. So, you know, my takeaway from this is, you know, there, it's kind of twofold. It's, it's sort of one in that, um, and I think this is the main point, is if you don't feel comfortable going to a game – they're not going to force you to choose between life and your PSL. Um, yes. Which, I mean, it sounds like a no-brainer, and this sounds like a – you're really going to applaud an organization for a move like this. But also, I mean, we see all the time that, like, some companies just don't give a shit. You know? Yeah, Their bottom I mean, line is just more important. Yeah, well, I think – I think this is the first time we're really seeing a change in attitudes with a lot of companies. I think that, you know, this is so holistic and the combination of the pandemic and all of the uh, social change going on in the country, it's like a one-two punch for the way things have been done in this country, specifically with uh, business. And, you know, you're seeing real listening to what their employees, their consumers, you know, what's important to them and what they care about and how they want to be perceived. So I, I really think that, you know, I kudos to the Giants for being proactive. I've not heard of any other team that is doing that. You know, the majority of the teams have PSLs in some fashion, uh, whether it's, you know, every seat like the Giants do or 
the lower level, like the Jets do, or club level seats, like other teams do. But this is the first I've heard of someone actually them being proactive and you know not with the threat of litigation or lawsuit, saying you know basically we're going to you know change the terms of our contract for the better for you. So good job by the Giants. Yeah, I mean, I have heard some things about. Uh, I I should say I agree with what you're saying that we're we're seeing a whole different landscape and and private enterprises are being a, a bit less selfish than we're used to um, in, in holding people to their, their contracts and things like that. But I still have heard some things about airlines specifically not really uh, walking out of certain deposits and things like that. Oh, it's been a nightmare. I mean, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting for uh, refunds for things now for two, three months and, you know, they're not coming anytime soon. So, I actually, kind of I, I haven't been uh, awarded my refund for a concert I had tickets for. I was told that I could get replacement tickets for a date in August, which I am now sure is not going to happen. Right. So. Well, I mean, that, that's a little different too because, you know, there is a definition, there's a fine legal term between postponed and canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, true. You know, again, a lot of these teams up in the north, I have season tickets to the, the Giants and, you know, the Knicks. New York City FC and, and all these others. And, you know, even though these games are not officially canceled yet, they are starting to offer refunds for it. So, you know, if the Ticketmasters and the Live Nations of the Worlds are being dicks and saying, well, it's still just postponed, you know, they're kind of a, a bit of a bit of monopoly and, you know, something they'll, they'll burn in hell at some point in their uh, corporate lives. So, you, I mean, you can write an encyclopedia sized book on the fuckery that is Ticketmaster. I mean, look, we can, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that goes without saying. So I, I haven't complained because I'm not shocked, but yeah, it's, you know, I say that's nothing here, no there, but like I said, applauding the organization for doing something like this sounds silly because it seems like a no brainer that people shouldn't have to choose between their season tickets to a sport sporting event and their lives. But it is still a good move. I mean, and when you think about it, what percentage amongst the league do you think uh, – how, how do I want to phrase this? If you had to put on a graph the average age of the season ticket holder by franchise, where do you think the Giants franchise lands on that graph? I would say they are right below the Packers and – Maybe like the Bears? Uh, I, I would say like the you know, the Packers would be number one. I would say I would say Pittsburgh would be way up there. Uh, I mean the Giants are probably in the top four or five. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very very aged fan base, and right. I mean that is something that specifically uh, you know is a more at risk group. So I mean it just seems so duh. But now, having said that, you know what they did say in the email is that uh, those tickets will be available to be purchased. Like uh, they'll be resold by the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, t- if anybody does not want to, you know, use those tickets. So my question to you becomes, you know, let's say, let- let's say that you know the season goes on and they allow, let's be pie in the sky, full stadium. Uh, how many of those tickets will be resold? So, first of all, how many people do you think will not 
want to renew. They'll, they'll take their get out of jail free card for one year. And, you know, of that then, how many of those tickets do you think will be resold? Oh, it's it's so very difficult to project at this date in June um, as we're seeing spikes in the southern states and not as much up here. Um, and, you know, it's still warm out. People are predicting things will get worse with cold weather, weather, or at least that was at one time prediction. Everything seems to change on a week-to-week basis. But, um, you know, there's, there's a contingent of people who think that this has gone on long enough, air quotes, gone on long enough, and we need to just deal with it at a certain point. And, and I, to a certain extent, understand that. Um, but to me, that means adopting protocols that allow us to deal with something like this, not just go back to business as usual. Um, but there is a contingent of people who are just ready to move on and just deal with it. I mean, there's a contingent of people who refuse to go to Walmart with a mask. So, I mean, I, I think that there will be some people who will poo-poo the idea of giving up anything and will just go about their business. Um, and some of those people are probably older as well. Um, I think some people might feel comfortable if they wear a mask and maybe gloves or something. Uh, but I, So I would say at least 30% of season ticket holders – not at least, at most. Probably like 20 to 30% of season ticket holders will forfeit the year. Yeah, that's kind of about what I was aiming at. And I think, you know, bring it back to football a minute. Mm-hmm. This team sucks. Yeah, I mean there's that too. <laughs> you know something – I mean, we have had a fan base that's had to pay a lot of money for several years now for meaningless football when it gets to November 1st. And I think that, you know, we all hope, but we're also realistic here on the Just Giants podcast. And we know that this will probably be another long season. And this might be a year where, you know, if there was no pandemic, I think some fans would be like, I'm sick of spending money, but I don't want to lose my, my spot in line. So I think, you know, you throw this on there too. I, I, I think you might be closer to that thirty than twenty percent number. There's so many things to, to fit in too. I mean, like if there is no baseball season, if basketball doesn't happen, if hockey doesn't happen, you know, I mean, all these things factor into the the desire for a product. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who are fans of every sport, and they they go to Mets Yankees games, they go to Knicks Nets games, they go to Devils Rangers Islanders games. Suddenly, they don't get to do any of that. Now, the only thing that's playing... I mean, this is a kind of a bizarre scenario where there's no other sports, but there's a full stadium for the Giants. But, um, you know, in that event, I think that the deprivation of things will... Allow, I mean, people will eat it up because it's available. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as far as those tickets to go back on sale, I think, you know... I think that's going to be much more of a direct result of how good the team is. I think, you know, if the team, I think in the beginning of the year, some of those tickets will be, you know, they will probably most likely be resold. But if this team is four and eight going into December, those, there might be a glut of tickets on the market and you might well, I mean, see, you know, on the market, really see. But you, you're talking about being bought up by Giants fans. What about visiting team fans? Anybody. Okay. I mean, I, okay. Take away Philly and take away, you know, maybe Washington, but I don't think there's going to be a, you know, 20,000, uh, you know, Tampa Tampa Bay fans running up here or anything. No, Steelers, yeah, that's you know they they always draw. But I'm talking. But I'm saying like, I, I, okay, there are there are definitely games where there isn't a huge national fan base. We'll use Tampa Bay as as an example. Um, sure, maybe not that game, but Pittsburgh is a game that they play the Giants once every four years. 
They play in New York, in New Jersey, once every eight years. Um, you know, if if you have a transplanted person from you know Lake Erie over here, this is a game that they look forward to. Oh, they're definitely going. Yeah, that's what right. I mean. I mean it, it depends on week to week. Right, but uh, but you know, if we're playing Seattle or something, you know, or Tennessee Titans come to town, you're not going to get that. Those are teams like the Packers and the Steelers. I mean, they're unique cases, kind of. So, and also, obviously, Philly and Washington are unique cases because they're division teams. So, but I, I, I think, I think you might see the potential for you know, record low crowds oh, in sure. December yeah. for this, especially if this team is out of it. Yeah, and. That's kind of where we're at as we segue that into where we are week seven and week eight into this regular season. Um, so we've been kind of going through the season. We've been previewing, making way too early predictions. Way, way, way too early predictions. But um, we've come to disagreements on which games were won, which games were lost. But the end result is the Cranky Fan has the Giants at week seven being three and three. And so does yours truly, the football grump. Now, just before we move on to week seven and week eight, just a quick recap on how we do things. We predict a win or a loss, and then our confidence is based on whether that's written in pen or pencil. has nothing to do with the score. It just has to do with our confidence in how sure we are of that win or loss result. Right. Correct. So without further ado, that brings us to week seven. At Philadelphia, this is brutal. Thursday night, 820 uh, on October 22nd. So this is just three, four days after um, playing uh, Washington. Um, How do you feel about this? Well, if there's one game on the schedule with benefits from having, you know, most likely no fans in the stands will be this one. Yeah. For real. Uh, you know, a night game in Philly is, you know, one of the, uh, you know, worst places on earth. And fortunately playing in an empty stadium, which I'm sure there'll still be problems when you're there. I'm sure those, there'll be people you know, outside the stadium throwing bricks. Yeah. Those cheesesteaks will do something to, to cause a ruckus. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I think that you catch a break with this. Um, that doesn't matter. I think this one's a this is a loss in pen to me. Again, the these short turnaround, we we really do not get the breaks ever with the schedule as far as night games, short games against division rivals or key games or key p- parts of the season. Um, you know, we're getting into week. This is week seven. Starting to get a little tired. I think this team. Uh, by week seven, uh, you know, might be in the need of a break. And again, these are not going to be normal week sevens. You know, who knows what the protocol will be for practice by this point? Uh, you know, who may be, you know, you might see some people who are down and out because of the virus or virus-related things or, or whatever. So I think this is a team is starting to get a little ragged. And, you know, we are playing a, a Philly team that's going to compete for the division, going to compete for the playoffs. And, I can't see with the short turnaround time winning this, so how this is a loss in pen. Wow. Okay. So I, I mean, I initially, which is this is really kind of a silly way that I did this, but this is 100% how I did it. I wrote down loss in pen, and then I started to actually dissect things and look at it, and then I changed my answer. This is actually one of the harder ones to predict. Um, I hate Thursday games. I think that 
I, I think that the idea is nice and I think it can be executed well, but they, it, the system is currently broken. A short turnaround time like this is just – it's brutal and it creates a bad problem, a bad product on the field most of the time, whether it's star players not playing because they're they're not 100% healed up yet you know, with some soft tissue things or or they can't, can't possibly pass a concussion protocol that quickly if something happens on Sunday. Um, you know, and, and so – you know, guys sitting themselves out, etc. Um, but when I looked at this one, both Philly and New York are coming off of this short turnaround. The thing is, is that the way we have things going, we have the Giants possibly finding their groove after taking care of Washington. We both kind of agreed that that might be a, a sign where we start seeing things click on offense. We start seeing the system work, people buying into the head coach maybe. We start seeing Daniel Judge get comfortable in his groove. Um, the flip side is that Philadelphia is coming off of what I expect to be a really tough game in Baltimore. Um, a game that I, I have trouble seeing them win. And then the more I looked at it, I thought, man, I have some doubts about this Philly defense that used to be something I was so worried about. I mean, I, I have doubts that the Philly defense is going to be able to push around New York as easily as they have in the past. Uh, though I, I do still think there's an advantage there. But, you know, Brandon Graham is getting older and he's not really bookended by anything more than Derek Barnett. Um, they've added Javon Hargrave next to Fletcher Cox. That's kind of a problem. But they haven't addressed any of their linebackers. And the general lack of any secondary can leave them completely open to point score them. Um, there's also a lot of ifs on their offensive line. Andre Dillard is, uh, you know, I, I was really on the Andre Dillard train last year for a left tackle. Um, but this is his first year stepping up into that position. And right now they have to deal with somebody named Jake Driscoll to come in at right guard to, to fill in for Brandon Brooks, who this week injured his Achilles, I believe. I know he's out for the year. So, and, and you know, we're, we're still looking at a Carson Wentz that hasn't regained his form since he went down in the Super Bowl year. Um, so, you know... I looked at this and I, you know, kind of looked at it and I looked at it and looked at it and I changed my answer to I think they win in a shocker. I'm I'm penciling that one in there. I'm not penning it in, but I think the Giants actually come out of there in some slug they, they, they I I think that they take the lead early and then I think they kind of almost blow it is really where I feel. Well, I'd be very interested to see how Daniel Judge actually does, as you mentioned him, whether that's... Whoa, you know, did I say that? <laughs> Boy, that's stupid. That's pretty great. I wanted you to go with that. I, uh, I like that. You know, If we have a two-headed monster of a, <laughs> a Belichick-Brady that turns into Daniel Judge... Tom Belichick. Thank God. You know. <laughs> wow. If, uh, if Joe Judge turns into Mike Judge or Judge Judy, we have big problems. But I think right now... <laughs> but, you know, I I do tend to agree with some of the things you said. I, I still stand by, you know, you're going to see some of that cohesion and, and getting together with after the Washington game. I think the team will be feeling good after that and everything. And however, two things may be true. You know, they may be far and away a better team than they were in week one. But going in on the short week, you know, all the confidence you can have in the world and, and the growing, you know, that is two strikes against you and playing one of the probably, I don't know, top four, top five teams on your schedule for the whole year. That's, that's a, that's a tall task. And we're not, it, it, we will be seeing improvements with this team. I, I feel really good about that, but 
I'm not ready to say that they're winning this game at this time just yet. So that's why I'm pretty confident this is a loss. Well, we can agree to disagree, sir. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I think is against Philly this year, and, you know, when this year started, um, I kind of looked at Philly as, you know, one of the people who had a an outside shot at the NFC Championship. And now when I look at it, I don't see it. I Like I said, the defense looks really weak to me beyond their defensive line. Um, you know, we both agree that we don't think that the head coach is much of anything. Mm-mm. Um and I've been saying this for a while. When you have a head coach who doesn't feel like he's much of anything and you have a personality like Jim Schwartz as a coach, that to me leads to like division in the locker room kind of thing if a team starts losing. Um, you know, you start seeing the defensive guys backing their defensive coach and not believing in the head coach and things like that, especially was an asshole like Jim, Jim Schwartz. So. And you start circling the drain really quickly. Yeah, it all starts to happen fast. And again, you know, you have all these ifs. Carson Wentz, if he plays poorly again this year, I mean, at what point? At what point do Eagles fans start getting frustrated? You know, at what week point, three. Yeah, I mean, week, what point week does four? <laughs> the the ownership that's that's spent money on this guy? When do they start getting frustrated? Because from what I understand of his injury, his back injury is that it's something that he will have to deal with forever in terms of pain. And I have to wonder if that has been the reason why he has regressed. You know, I mean, is he just dealing with this now and that's how he's going to be? Is it going to be like pain management the rest of his career? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know. And, and, and to add all that together, the Eagles didn't have a particularly splendid draft this year um, from from the perspective of most people, I would say. I mean... I'm sure there's people out there who will stand anything, but you know, I, I'm not. I don't think Philly has even an outside shot at the NFC East, uh, NFC Championship this year. Um, whether that means anything about the NFC East, maybe not. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely right for the picking for better teams than us in better in better optimal conditions. We are not that team, and these are not the optimal conditions for that. So. Um, following that, they get a long week um, and then a Sunday off before they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night uh, at MetLife Stadium, November 2nd. So they get to enjoy Halloween, I guess, if we have Halloween this year, that is. <laughs> um, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, never never really felt like I was ever going to say that, come to town. Uh, what say you, Cranky fan? I tell you, so it's, it's become quite a nice rivalry. The uh, the Giants and the Bucks. We have our own personal rivalry with some friends of ours for very expensive dinners, which we always seem to win and never have to pay. So <laughs> we're hoping that can, that trend continues this year. Um, and they've actually been really they've been fun games to watch. I mean, last year's game was probably the I'd say it was the game of the year. Just some you know excitement perspective, a, a last second choke job by the Bucks. With the, you know, the Bucks doing Buck things. Uh, but they're a different team this year. Uh, I'm not ready to put them in the Super Bowl just yet. I, I have to see it to believe it that Tom Brady, after being in the same system for, you know, almost 20 years, can all of a sudden, you know, go to a new organization with a whole new, you know, albeit better, much better receiving crew than he had in New England. You know, but I also have to see a 41 year old quarterback make it through a whole season. 
especially with an off season, it was like unlike any other off season he's had in his last twenty years. Um, you know, I think if this game was in any other year, you would have a real playoff atmosphere at MetLife Stadium. I think it would be you know one of those circle it on the you know on the calendar. You know, the celebrities will be there. They'll have high ratings. You know, all the you know the stories coming back of the, of the two Super Bowls and stuff. Uh, but I think you're going to lose some of that, obviously, without having you know people in the stands, which is what I'm projecting is happening. Uh, Bucks are a, uh, you know, they were a team that you know I thought last year, you know, wondered why they were bad as they were, and I know it's very easy to blame Jameis Winston, and I'll do that all day because he's a piece of garbage <laughs> as, as a person, but you know. Uh, you watch the team, you know, they had a lot of, they had, they had great weapons on the outside, you know, um, issues they have, you know, their secondary isn't very good. Uh, I, this is a game, I think, again, where we're going to go back to my theme before the Giants are getting better. And I think this is a game being at home with a longer break against a team that looks better on paper and just because of the names, Tom Brady, than it actually is. I'm going to put this in a thin pencil as a win. All right. So we agree here. I have this as a win in pencil as well. I look at this and I, when I, when I really tried to dissect this, I tried to do this critically and not have any sort of bias against um, wanting a special dinner in, around Christmas time <laughs> or, or not liking Tom Brady or you know just keeping that streak of the Giants sticking it to Brady kind of thing. I, I really tried to look at this critically, and the way I actually saw this season unfolding is I think that Brady and the Bucks are going to make big headlines early on this year. The reason why is because their schedule is cake to start the year. Other than New Orleans and potentially Green Bay, I think everything they have before the Giants is an easy win. They're playing Carolina, Denver, Los Angeles Chargers, Chicago, Green Bay, Las Vegas. I mean... None of those are going to be real juggernauts, with like, like I said, with the exception of New Orleans and maybe Green Bay. So I think they come in at worst six and two at, at the time, and I think, you know, they come in with all the bravado behind them, and um, I think that this is the year we really actually see that Tom Brady is over forty years old and that he's reached the end of his career. I think pairing him with Bruce Arians is a brilliant move for for both of them. Um, it's a recipe for success. But with little more than Mike Evans, Gronk, and Chris Godwin to throw to, I think we're going to see what the limitations are and what Brady can do anymore. And add in the possibility of running for his life behind an offensive line that's not very good. And we might actually see the worst Brady we've seen in some time. Um, Considering last year was the worst Brady we've seen in some time. Yeah, and, and but I mean even that, that Brady made it to the AFC division. First round. round. Yeah. Yeah, they lost they lost their playoff game. But they, they weren't in the wild card. They were in a division round, right? Yes. Yeah. But they still lost it. Yeah. Right, right, right. They're they're in a crappy division and yeah. <laughs> um and they, they better pray that they can shut down Barkley and rush Daniel Jones into discomfort with the guys that they have on the defensive line with Indomitian Sue and Jason Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea and and Levante David and Devin White. Because their secondary might actually be the worst in the league. Um, yeah, it was really bad last year. You it was really bad last year, and all they did was add one safety. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, if, if, if some play action and some screens can be used effectively, I think Tampa Bay can be shredded on defense, especially if their quarterback is under duress and the offense struggles to do more than three and out. So I think TB enters this game with only two losses, and they look like a juggernaut, but they leave this game looking like a national pretender. And I think that ends up being the headline. Not as much that the Giants won, that, but that Brady is, is a pretender this year, at this point now in his career. Yeah, I think, you know, you're going to see the media way ahead of their skis. Like, with you know, again, the soft schedule. And it's like, you know, they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be lapping up Brady for those several weeks as how great he is and the genius he is and how great a move it was and everything. But, you know, this also looks like a game that's right for them to lose, you know, coming in on, on a prime time in a, a not so hostile, empty stadium environment. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just. It just seems like one of those games where, you know, they're going to win. And then one of those where if it was, again, it was a full stadium, would be a whole different scenario. Uh, but this, you know, just lining up two teams to play, you know, that, that Bucks team is not much better than it was last year. And, again, you'd think they would be better just by watching them, but they weren't. So I'm going to put that for a pencil for a win. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the Giants could easily lose this game. But, you know, when we talk about – you know, their improvement over last year, you know, adding Gronk doesn't do a whole lot more than, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it definitely adds a dimension on offense that I think was missing last year. But remember that they've lost to Sean Jackson. So now they're outside weapons. They don't have that speed anymore. It's really just Mike Evans. Um, Chris Godwin is a nice number two guy who's, who's good at finding soft spots and zones, but he's not some big threat downfield either. Um, and when we look back at that, that game in week three, I think it was, right, last year? It, it was early on. It was like – It was uh, hot as fuck. I know that much. It, it, was, it was mid-September. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. We, we look back at that game and we, we can clown on Jameis Winston all the time. We can make a whole separate podcast of clowning on Jameis Winston if you want. But he's not the reason I, I, that yeah, they lost I, that game. I, I do actually. Can we do that? <laughs> Please? Yes. Um, but 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 in all seriousness, Jameis Winston didn't play a poor game. In fact, he set them up to win the game. It just was a missed kick. Um, so you know, adding Tom Brady in, in place of Jameis Winston, you know, I don't know how much that's really going to change anything. There are a lot, you know, I, I mean, Tom Brady's got a better head on his shoulders, you know, but. You know, there's the drawback as well is that he doesn't have the same arm strength that Jameis Winston has anymore. Um, you know, they both move like they have feet in cement, so there's no upgrade there. I mean, there, I think there's a lot of drawbacks there. I think it ends up being a little bit of a wash. No, I mean the ability to be, the the ability to not create unforced errors is a much course. much more than that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think that there's going to be any stupid interceptions or anything like that. I, I, and I don't want to insinuate that, but I. I think that the mobility, you know, behind a bad offensive line, Brady is much more likely to protect himself and just go down, you know, not, not to say he won't take hits, but, you know. He's at the point of his career where he doesn't need to worry about stats anymore and worrying to course, have, you know, yeah. a high QBR reading. So he's going to throw one away if he has to. He's going to, you know, just kind of like what Eli Manning used to do towards the end of his career, where right. if he didn't have it, he just threw it to the ground. And, yeah. You know, we'll. We'll try again on second down. So, and, and I don't think Brady has ever had to play behind an offensive line this pathetic, at least on paper. I mean, what what do I know until we see it? But 
I, I don't really know how he's going to react. The man doesn't run very much. So, I mean, the, the the system has to be in place to really get the ball out of his hands in, like, what, one and a half seconds? So, I, I just don't know. I don't see how it's going to be a major improvement for a team that has other problems. Uh, I, I don't think that Tampa Bay getting Tom Brady was necessarily a mistake. But, you know, for the, the short amount of time that they get the guy, assuming that he doesn't have many years left... The, the team had holes all over the place. So, I mean... And I don't think... And as, and as much as we clowned on Jameis, you know, was quarterback one of their three biggest problems coming into this offseason? I mean, addressing his contract situation probably would have been... He, they probably would have come up with some deal to resign him for a year or something on a show-me contract. They were going to outright cut him. No. So, but, you know, Tom Brady falls in your lap, you take it. Um, but, of course, yeah. Bigger problems, offensive line, secondary, uh, you know, those are the big issues on this team. And, you know, they've been marginally addressed at best. Yeah. So, you know, and I would even say that wide receiver is still, I don't think they adequately replaced Deshaun Jackson, to be honest with you. Um, no. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I And like I said, I, I, I'm not biting on anything early on with this team based on their schedule. I, I think that, you know, geniuses that they are Bruce Arians and and um and Tom Brady will be able to circumnavigate any issues they have roster wise with the early part of their schedule for the most part. New Orleans is going to give them some problems, that's for sure. Green Bay, you know, is a little tough to figure out, you know, I, that one could go either way, but otherwise I think they have a pretty easy start. But we'll see, you know, I mean I uh I'm just not buying the uh the What's his new his new thing? What did he trademark? Who cares? Tampa Tampa Bay. <laughs> what a dumbass! It's something I, like I, that, isn't it? I, I'm not that bored with the quarantine to worry about what he's uh, <laughs> nonsense he's doing. <laughs> no, I mean you know to be very honest, Grump. You know I've been watching so little ESPN because there's been nothing going on that I didn't realize the ESPs were last night. And usually oh, that's something that. That's something you're bombarded with. You know, it's usually around it's it's usually broadcast a day after the All-Star game in baseball. So that's, you know, early to mid-July. So they, they push it up now because there's obviously no All-Star game. But, you know, it's something that, you know, in true ESPN, Disney, ABC fashion, they jam things down your throat. You know, I thankfully, the ESPs have kind of evolved from a completely meaningless award show to, you know, celebrating you know, the human side of sports and all the good stories that come about it. So, you know, it's not completely meaningless anymore like it used to be, but, you know, that's how insignificant ESPN has become as a part of my life in the last three months. I just didn't realize I was on until today. Yeah, I, I had no idea, to be honest with you. So, I mean, my, my ideal scenario is, uh, this is what I'm, I'm writing into history now by saying it, is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a uh, camp battle between Matt Gay, their kicker, and Elliot Fry. I think Matt Gay loses. The Giants pick him up to replace Aldrich Rosas, and he becomes the franchise kicker for many years to come, winning game after game after game. He's already the best kicker we've had in the last two years. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So that's 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 my my hot take, my bold prediction. Matt Gay becomes the franchise kicker 
It's a 42-yard field goal as time expires to beat the Bucks, and... <laughs> <laughs> and and he's etched into Giants history forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's all we have this week for Just Giants. Um, be sure to follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, Podbean and Spotify. All the, all the fun places you subscribe. You should be subscribing to us already, if not. Go ahead and do it, and even let's get even more crazy. Let's give us a five star review and a nice rating, or a five star rating and a review. Actually, yeah. <laughs> for all yeah. you people crossing your uh, your eyes and dotting your t's, go ahead and do that, please, for us. Yeah. And, don't, uh, we'd, don't re- let, we'd really appreciate it. Don't let these these simple mistakes bring you down to four stars. Give us five stars anyway, and then write the comment that we don't know how to spell or you know whatever. Yeah, pronunciation um, is not our strongest suit right now with this <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. But also, you can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump. I'm at the cranky fan, as always. So give us both a follow. And also follow the show at Just Giants Pod, where, you know, in addition to bumping the show, we will be, you know, interacting with our favorite giant beat writers and other podcasts and you uh, great giant fans out there to, uh, you know, give our two cents when in between – you know, each Tuesday morning you're listening to our show. And for all you people that are listening to this, you know, on a Tuesday morning for the first time in your cars in three months, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. You know, we probably, I'm sure we've, some people haven't been able to listen because they're out of their normal routine of driving to work or taking the subway or train or ferry or something. And we're slowly getting back in the New York area. So if you're, we haven't heard from you for a while, we haven't listened, welcome back. You know, we're still, uh, to buffoons who love the Giants, and uh, we'll keep talking about them. Keep it real. But by all means, follow us on Twitter because the likelihood of us having to watch games via a Zoom meeting this year is growing. So, uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could. I mean, we can't live stream the game, but legally speaking, I don't think. But we could live stream ourselves. Like we could have like a live meeting and just. We could just we could just game yeah. together, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, get ten lucky uh, watchers if we even have ten lucky listeners Friends. at all. <laughs> yeah, we let's start with family members. Anybody else we got grump, and then we'll we'll go to friends and maybe some. You know, anybody out there would love to watch a game with us? Maybe we'll do a Zoom uh, a Zoom watch chat. Yeah. yeah, bring your own alcohol. But but I mean, you can't do that if you don't follow us on Twitter. So again, I'm at football underscore grump. He's at the cranky fan. We'll be friends there, and uh, the the podcast itself is at Just Giants Pod. All right, Grump, another another good week. We'll uh, we'll, we'll try again next week. That's right. All right, everyone, go, go Giants. Giants.